Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to this late night version of the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor. And you know what? Late nights are, are are good for Ray and Tay too. Talking some sports. So give us a call, like always, seven one eight six six four nine zero nine eight. If you're up late on the East Coast, and check out RayandTayToday.com. You want to email us to talk about your thoughts and your favorite story or event of the Olympics. Uh, Ray and Tay today at gmail dot com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're, we're everywhere. We're very social. Quick show for you. Friday's the big show with our fantasy football preview. Then after that, the college football preview. Then the NFL football preview. So it's that time of year. We got some baseball, football, week two, Olympics. Ray, let's start with the Olympics. Let's get the negative stuff out of the way, so that we can just enjoy summing up the great things of the Olympics. Today, Ryan Lochte, led by Speedo, was dropped by his four sponsors. Um, We have his first and then second apology and this and that. Where do you think this goes in terms of, like you said last show, he probably will be suspended. I think the biggest thing is the seriousness of it by his sponsors and getting hit financially. How does this tarnish his legacy and was was it kind of just him not admitting to lying and saying he over exaggerated? Was that the final nail? I don't really think it affects his legacy in as much as he's thirty two years old, he's in that sport and in most sports, that's towards the end of your career. Uh he may fight to get a suspension by the USOC and the swimming body overturned, but ultimately It's just a stupid act, and I don't know that this crushes his legacy. He's still at you know twelve gold or twelve medals, six gold. Um, I just think it it was it was a dumb decision. It was a stupid act, and he basically made a fool of himself. And I don't think it takes away from what he did in the water. It wasn't performance enhancing. You know what I mean? It was just it was a dumb decision. No, but I'm just saying this is what people will, will. well, that's what they're going to remember. This is what we'll And like you said remember. last show, because he's problem. not 18 or 19, he is 32. But even in the opening ceremonies, and I don't know if you remember this, and I heard somebody talking about it today, and then it was like I flashed back to it, but it's like he was almost a child then, like when Phelps was coming in with the flag, he's like jumping on Phelps's back. It's almost like he's an attention like whore, you know what I mean? Like he's just... Not to say that he can't handle being second fiddle to Phelps, but there's just like this guy is just like, you know, I don't know. I guess some people had a bad taste in their mouth already for him, and then this happens, and it's like, really? But I think at the end of the day, it's like the Tom Brady with the NFL, right? If he just from jump would have told the truth and said, I'm sorry, no issue. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
people could have been like, wow, you were drunk, yeah, you just, made a mistake, or whatever. Yeah, no issue. You know, so, no I don't know. You, you, you just hate that, look, he's representing us, right? At the end of the day, he's representing America, and I think that's the shame of it because America already has different stereotypes around the world, and then he's just fulfilling them, you know, right? Entitled, spoiled, whatever, yada, yada. And I think with all the negative that was coming into Brazil and Zika and, 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 and just the water and not being ready, like Al Trowick said, you know what? They pulled it off really without too many hitches, maybe a couple of hiccups, but it was a great Olympics. The ratings seemed well. We dominated. Now let's get to the positive, right? 121, which I think we were 18 more than London and 11 more than we did in Beijing. That's pretty impressive for total medals, and we came in first place by a lot. And our women athletes dominated, you know, tremendously. So, you know, it was a great Olympics. So what was your favorite event, moment, story? You know, maybe not the obvious. Do you have something else that, you know, really got to you, pulled pulled at the heart maybe a little? Yeah, well, the obvious ones we we went through were, were the racing, the swimming, uh, the the gymnastics, you know, the big events. You know, I right. think overall, the takeaway that I have from this Olympics is that, you know, with the Russians getting weaker and even China fading a little bit, the U.S. came out strong and just completely dominated this Olympics. <laughs> I mean, in most Olympics, you've got competition from the Russians and and the uh, the Europeans, I guess Great Britain did very well for itself. But I come away with, wow, the Americans dominated this Olympics more than any other that I can remember in recent history. So yeah. it's kind of the the after the individual performances by Phelps and and Biles and Bolt, um, you know, that's the next biggest thing. I mean, there were some there were some great stories like like the boxer and. Um, the boxer from Flint, Michigan, and the mm-hmm. you know the, the guy from South Africa who ran and broke the record. Um, uh, Allison Felix, you know, dropping the baton, oh. being hit, and then becoming the uh, you know best female track and field runner track of all time. Oh so my gosh, a lot of amazing, a lot of individual yeah. stories, but I think overall the dominance of the U.S. is the thing that I'm going to be you know remembering for a while. I totally agree, um, the dominance. I did love the Ashton Eaton, the Cathalon, uh, you know, breaking a world record and his wife, you know, competing. I don't know where she plays, but I thought that was a sweet story that they train together, they're married, you know, a nice interracial couple. and just I don't know, it was just a really touching story. Um, and then I loved, even not from us, from Great Britain, Mo Farrow, who, you know, he – falls down and gets back up in the middle of the, what is it, 10K, they run 30 laps. And, you know, he got back up and he still won. And just that grit and that perseverance, that was, and his strategy for most of the race, he stayed in behind. And then when it was his time, he just came to the front and just handled his business like it was nothing. Um, you know, you love the can you know, forget about USA basketball dominating Ray. Will anybody ever beat the Kenyans in the marathon? Like, do they own the marathon now or what? I mean, 
Kenyan runners are know. just. It must uh, be the, they're, they're the training, the altitude. Yeah, the, the altitude. They whatever said, they yeah. do, they're doing it. It's. I mean, it is really fun to see, and it's uh, you know it's amazing. And you're right, there were a lot of stories. I mean, then you have like the Mongolian coaches with the wrestling, and they lost <laughs> their minds. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, if that happened in America? Like, if yeah, like uh, it, so that Thibodeau. country doesn't have many medals. And no, I know. They had a chance yeah. to win a bronze, and it's not like gold because if you lose in in gold, you get silver. But if you lose in bronze and you come in fourth, you get no medal. Get nothing. So yeah. their guy was kind of robbed. Um, but yeah. you know they well. still can't <laughs> strip down. <laughs> you shirt and protest. You can protest, protest to the to the you know there's <laughs> proper cla- channels for that, but that, not stripping. That is so, that is so cool. I uh, you know, I don't know. I, I honestly could say. You can't help but have a good feeling about almost the, the world and human beings and humanity when you see the Olympics and sports. And I think sometimes, you know, we we talk about our show being a diversion and entertainment and fun, but I think there's so often in life, and we see it with Ali and we've seen it with other athletes and, you know, whatever, where sports in general, it's – it is life, and it's bigger than life, and sometimes it can be the most unifying commonality in the world. You know what I mean? Like the the need to compete, to strive, to achieve, to set goals and reach them, to push your body to limits that you don't even know that you can obtain or physically possible, and I think to see people do it from one side of the globe to the other there's something really uh beautiful about it and almost spiritual you know what i mean like it's great and so i just salute all the athletes and you know what how about saluting um usa men and women basketball but especially you know the women they're six in a row men six out of seven getting the gold but the men right getting kind of criticized along the way for you know you know, only dominating what China and Venezuela and then struggling, you know, next couple of games. But when it came to the medal rounds, you know, they took care of Spain. Spain gets a bronze. They took care of Serbia. Serbia gets the silver. And we dominated in the gold medal game. And I was happy for those guys, you know. And I think Carmelo, even though Durant was the shining star, maybe him and DeAndre Jordan, right, I got to say Carmelo holds like every – U.S. what Olympic record for rebounds, points, you know, and uh, it was good. I think Nick fans are smiling to, to see that. Uh, let's hope you know they could do something and, and you know the NBA this year. But that was great. I thought it was great. Yeah, you know, Melo's going to get a lot of slack because he's maybe not going to win an NBA title, but three Olympic golds. Is and a bronze, I guess, is 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 quite impressive, and he's become the number one U.S. basketball Olympian of all time, and that's definitely something to be proud of. Yeah, so let's say goodbye to the Olympics and just all that fun. And oh man, I, I'm gonna miss Phelps and Bolt. I'm gonna tell you that type of dominance and greatness, Ray. You can't help but miss it, right? Like we, this no, year, we're gonna, gonna miss Peyton Manning. 
You know, we're going to miss Peyton Manning, but, you know, these guys every four years, you're going to miss both, man. You're going to miss Phelps tremendously. So, uh, you know, we tip our hats to them. So let's let's talk some NFL before we, you know, end, end everything with baseball, Ray. NFL preseason week two, I guess when you think about it, you know, everything's about week three when they start doing the cuts. The three game itself when – Everybody, you know, plays the starters for at least the first half, sometimes into the third quarter. And the news out of Denver is Trevor Simeon is getting the start. Now, when you watch the first two games, you realize Sanchez is just, he can't get out of his own way. And I guess I want to ask you, when it comes to week one against the Panthers, Thursday night, defending your crown, do they start with Trevor Simeon from Northwestern, or do you almost say let's just go ahead and let the kid learn and put him to the fire and go with Paxton Lynch? What do you think at the end of the day Kubiak's going to do? Or what should he do? I think you got to play with whoever's playing best. And if that's Simeon, that's Simeon. You know what I mean? Um, I thought it was Mark Sanchez Sanchez's job to hold down the fort, let one of the youngsters prove themselves, but but he's not even showing himself worthy of that. So I think Denver's in a little bit of trouble. I mean, their defense is great. They still have some skill position players on offense, but in this day and age of the NFL, it's really hard to be really competitive without a quarterback. Now, Brad Johnson did it, and, and, and Trent Dilfer did it, but ultimately going deep into playoffs and winning Super Bowls, you need a, you know, a superior quarterback. And so Denver's in trouble. What about when you look at these injuries with just in the AFC East, we see it with the Patriots and the Bills, potentially two teams that – you know, we know the Patriots are always there for the playoffs. The Bills are, are trying to get there. But they cut Carlos Williams. I don't know if you were shocked or surprised by that. You I know, was, know. actually. Yeah. Uh, I guess they said they liked this kid, Jonathan Williams, and then they signed Reggie Bush. So no, they, they figured like, he was, hey, Yeah, they figured he was suspended for four <clears throat> games anyway, so why even bother? That's 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 rough, right? I mean, he had a good rookie year, right? He's not just like some chump change, but I guess they said he, the way he, you know, he came, he's overweight and yada yada. I'm surprised, but they lose Shaq Lawson for a good part of the year. They they lose Reggie uh, Racklin, then Marcel Darius suspended for four games. Is Rex like cursed? I mean, honestly, like that's a that's a rough way to go into season with a defense that really underplayed for you last year. Yeah, it's it's a problem. I mean, sexy is uh, he's, he was barely hanging on at the end of last year, and then and then now to have all these injuries, this is not his fault. So I don't know. I'm 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 feeling for Rex right now. Any concerns? Deion Lewis is going to have another surgery. Rob Mankovich is hurt. Julian Edelman is is really kind of banged up and can't find his way to the field. No Brady for four games. He's cut his thumb. Is it like, so what, the Patriots will be fine? Or just a little bit of concern out of New England? I have a little bit of concern. I mean, look, the Bills are falling apart in front of our eyes. The Jets took a long time to get 
Fitzy back, and Miami is kind of, I mean, I don't know how much you Miami might be better Miami. than people think. Yeah, but are they good enough to challenge? Are they good enough to challenge the Patriots? I mean, the Patriots probably still win this division, but I'm worried. The Patriots are going to have to work hard. This might be one of Bill Belichick's better, if they do win coaching the division jobs. and they do go to the place, playoffs, this will be one of his better uh-huh. coaching jobs, just like he had to step up when Matt Castle ended up taking them to be 11-5, and five, even though they missed the playoffs. That was just you know bad luck that year. Uh, they're going to have to do the same thing. I think they're going to try to be 11-5 and five this year again, and you know it'll be a lot of good coaching because they have injuries. No. no, no, definitely. So a couple other quick little things. The Rams 2-0 preseason, no big deal, but of course Gurley looks amazing. Jared Goffrey. Not so hot so far. Do you do you think he winds up getting week one start, or do they do they go with Case Keenum for a couple games? You know me. I'm always a fan of unless you are really killing it in practice, grab a clipboard, check out the pace of the game, let the game come to you a little bit. So I don't have any problem with, with doing a little bit of, you know, Sit on the bench for me, young fella. Yeah. No, I, you know, and I got to say this, before we get to your boy in Dallas, because he's really the main story of preseason, two two things. One, how do you think out there in the, as you say, being in the wrong division, the NFC West, do you think you can get a feel for Chip Kelly and probably – Kaepernick and Carlos Hyde and Torrey Smith, is there is there any hope? I mean, obviously they got Navarro Bowman and, and, you know, they're getting young. But do you think Chuck Kelly in San Francisco could surprise some people? Think a big year from Carlos Hyde? What do you think is going to happen out there? I think they can. I think they can. I mean, I'm a little worried about their wide receivers. Mm -hmm. But I've always liked Kaepernick the physical abilities that he shows. Now, I don't know what happened to him uh, mentally and his confidence, but the one thing Chip Kelly can do is reinvigorate quarterbacks and offenses. So I think that a little spark is what they need. Now, they're operating in a tough division, you know, Kansas City, San Diego, and the Raiders. Raiders very much improved, though. You know, so they've got. I mean, I'm sorry. In, in I'm, I'm talking about all the West, right? NFC West and AFC West. I'm looking for both of those, both of those to be, you know, really interesting divisions. Now, can, can they make moves and make playoffs? I don't think so. But you know, the Niner fans out there, don't don't be don't be that upset. Uh, I think just there's a rebuilding process. But I think, you know, I think Chip Kelly in his you know, crazy schemes and his uh, ability to rejuvenate an offense, I think he's probably, he might be the right guy at the right time. Because this team, you know, two, three years ago was the model franchise in the NFL, and it's it's amazing how quickly the mighty can fall. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of retirement players and people just kind of like, Walking away from the Niners, they they definitely went through it. Now, the 
defending NFC champs, I got to say, Cam Newton, it's only preseason, right? But with Benjamin coming back, and he looks like he's improved his accuracy. You know, remember, he was still under 60% passing last year. If this guy can pass 63 65% with Benjamin back and then his running weapon, and he already was the MVP, oh, my goodness, right? <laughs> Cam, Cam might be – it might be video game time with Cam Newton this year. He might be, like, totally unstoppable. I'm really thinking we might see an improved quarterback – and Carolina with Cam Newton. And I think that's going to be exciting to see if they can defend at least their and you know NFC crown and then maybe get over that hump because that defense is still really talented even without Josh Norman. But the story of week two and the first two weeks of preseason is down there in Jerry's world. Your Dallas Cowboys, not only – did they put up 41 points and put it on Miami? No big deal, right? Preseason 41-14. But your boy, what did he throw for like three or four touchdowns, run for another? Dak Prescott, right, might turn out to be the best quarterback in this draft. He had a perfect quarterback rating, about 158.3, and he's doing everything. Like he, he's, you know, he's reading the safety coming in and then throwing touchdowns to Dez. He's throwing bombs. He's... He's he's switching out of plays. I mean, you're a Cowboy fan. I'm not even a fan, of it, but I'm impressed by Dak, you know, Dak Prescott. How, how excited are you? Because you know that your guy might not make it through 16. Look, you said it. Tony Romo's fragile, so you need a backup. And they've tried all kinds <clears throat> of people like uh, <laughs> Stephen McGee, and, and they had, you know, Brandon Wheaton and and the list goes on and on and on. John Kitna. So to get a guy in there who's young in the fourth round, remember, he did a lot of work in the SEC. Now, this is not some random hack off the the 1AA (laughs) roster. Not at all. Good for him. Good for the Cowboys. You know, sometimes you look too much into these things, and I can say I don't want to be a victim of the moment, but you can't take it away from him that he's had two right. exceptional games. Uh, now, is he going to turn out to be the next people Peyton look Manning? Bad. <laughs> right, right. I don't know. More than likely not. But Dallas needs two things. They need, in the short term, a backup to Tony Romo, and in the long run, an heir apparent. So if he can do the former, that's good enough. And then eventually, if he can be the, the heir apparent, even better. But just just get me through the next couple seasons, play out Tony Romo's contract, and if Dak Prescott is, is that guy, because you know you'll get it. You know you'll get two, three games a year backing up Tony Romo, if not more. No, definitely. So let's, you know, we'll see what happens week three. You know, you you, you really think that the only – I guess quarterback battle is probably in Denver. I would think San Francisco, you know, your boy Blaine Gabbard is bouncing screen passes. So I think Kaepernick, if healthy, will get that. I don't know if there's any other huge, you know, quarterback battles per se. Um, You know, I, I think everything is pretty much, you know, clear cut. In that instance, I think you're going to see some of these rookies take, a, you know, young guys take a big step. Mariota, Winston, Derek Carr, Blake Bortles, 
those four, you know, you have to keep your eye on. So week week three should be interesting. But it's time for us to wind down the late night show with a little bit of baseball because it's been very, very good to us. And I got to ask you, you got some battles this week. We had some battles this weekend, but you got some battles this week. Houston Pirates, right? They're both kind of trying to scrap in to make it to the wild card and, you know, fight in their perspective, you know, divisions, but definitely in their wild card. Um, Houston took care of Pirates tonight, but you also, then you've got the, the D.C., the Beltway, where Baltimore took care of the Nats, but the Dodgers, Ray, they have passed the Giants, and they put up 18 runs tonight on Cincinnati. What's going on? Are the Dodgers... Are they are they ready to sort of you know put the Giants in in their head you know in their rear lights and just kind of pull it together and then in hopes of getting Kershaw back hopefully that they're ready to take the NFL West and, and handle it and run away this last month and a half. Well, I had the Giants winning it all along, and I give credit to the Giants, the Dodgers. Sorry, winning it all along. I give credit to the Giants for sticking around all year. Now they've had a bad, you know, last couple weeks. They've had their injuries apart at the seams. They have their injuries to deal with. I mean, right now they're still a wild card team. So even if they Hunter Pence back, yeah, 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 they'd be they'd be playing what the St. Louis Cardinals, I guess. Uh, But don't another big series Cardinals Mets tomorrow. That's a big. Yeah, Yeah, and then the Marlins are, are are still in the mix, Um, and obviously the Pittsburgh Pirates are a couple games out. So. It's interesting, though, that only the NL West and the AL East are within six games. Reach, right. Right, because all the other divisions are are runaways. You know, the AL East has three teams, but but look, the Cleveland Indians up seven games on the Tigers. The Texas Rangers (sighs) up six games on the Mariners. My Houston Astros, who are 65 and 60, not a bad record, but – you know, eight games behind the Rangers because the Rangers have the best record in the American League. And then yeah, the Nationals are running away from the Mets. Uh, the Cubs are best record in baseball, 12 games ahead of the St. Louis Cardinals, who will probably end up in the playoffs. And so, and then the Dodgers and Giants. So you really only have two competitive divisions. What's going to be the difference maker in that AL East? Because, you know, you, you, it's easy to say pitching, right? But I think Toronto, Boston, and Baltimore, as good as they've all been, it's almost like their pitching has been inconsistent for all teams. So what do you think, you know, this home stretch? I mean, what do we have five and a half weeks left of baseball? What's going to, you know, have one of these teams pull away, or will it just go down to the last day? Like they can't separate. What do you, what do you think it's going to be? So because there's three teams in the AL East, I think it will come down to the last week or so. Um, they're obviously going to all play each other. So not only the Yankees in Tampa might impact the division, but Toronto, Boston, and Baltimore probably between them have like 30, 40 games because, you know, with the uneven schedule, they each play each other 19 times. This is going to be really, really good. I, I, I'm excited oh, about it. Oh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> and the, the good thing also right now is that the two wild card teams, if it were to end right now, 
would be, would be Boston and Baltimore, or or the loser yeah. of Toronto, because I guess they're in a in a dead heat right now. Yeah. So at least they're playing not just for the division, but you know the consolation is the wild card. Could you imagine right. too, though, if they all play each other for the division? You know, it would be crazy as if there's a tiebreaker, and then mm. after the tiebreaker, just to see who gets in, there's they'd have to. Another Two of the three would have to play each other in that one game elimination. It's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating. And then you know what's so funny, as you said, because they're playing each other, that could potentially benefit Detroit and Seattle that one of them could sneak past one of the AL East teams too, you know. So you have to look out for that because best believe Detroit and Seattle, and I guess you could throw in, you know, Houston and Kansas City, but mainly Detroit and Seattle, they're like, hey, you guys beat up on each other and let us get that second wild card, you know. So there's a lot of fun baseball up ahead, you know, we'll keep you up on it. Obviously, you know, the Yankees and Mets are looking like they might miss the playoffs this year. Mets just still got a shot at it. It it looks like it's going to be over for them, right? It looks like the Mets are just, this is not their year, and we thought it totally would be, but it's uh, kind of a shame. So are you excited Friday, man, to to give these people some, some fantasy football tips and tidbits, the do's and don'ts of how Ray and Tay, you know, get get it done in fantasy football? I'm ready. I'm ready. We're going to give I'll them some ranking, sleepers. Maybe tell them what rookies to pick. You know, I mean, anybody can tell you, hey, draft Ezekiel Elliott. That's easy. We're going to give you some real rookies to pick, the ones you might not know about but could wind up starting for you week 10 or in the Ezekiel playoffs. Elliott's not real? Can... No, it's just <laughs> obvious, <guy>. right? <laughs> he's, he's, a top, he's a top maybe a first-round pick or a top five, you know, running back or top ten running back pick. So he's easy. You know, although he hasn't played yet, honestly. I mean, people want to say, oh, draft him in the first round. But to me, he hasn't proven anything, and he's got a hamstring. You know how I feel about the hamstrings of running backs and receivers. I wouldn't be touching Zeke right now. So Especially we'll talk rookie. about that on Friday, though. Yeah, and he's a rookie. Alfred, you know, Alfred Morris is like, uh, excuse me, I've run for 1,000 yards. I'm a pro bowler. I'm not losing this job. So. Lots to figure out still in, in NFL starting and rosters and stuff. So, But Friday we'll break it down for you. And uh, like always, thanks for listening. We uh, tip our hats to the Olympians. Congratulations to America, 121 medals. You, We are the best in the world. So that that's awesome, you know. Great show. And everybody have a good night and a, and a great week, right, Ray? Yep, and we'll see you on Friday. We got a lot of previewing to do. We got some football, football, and football. We got real football, real fantasy. NFL, college football, yeah. and fantasy. Oh, and props to Conor McGregor, right? He got it. He got it done. We both thought he would. You more than me, but we both went with him, and he got it done over Nate Diaz. So. You know, prop, prop, there needs Connor. to be a third fight, right? <laughs> I hope that they do because this kid Nate Diaz stepped Eventually. in and, and was admirable in in winning, and then in defeat he said, "Look, we're one and one. We need a third yeah. fight." Oh yeah, like uh, like the movie Hands of Stone coming out, right? Like Duran and Leonard. Didn't they have three? I think they did. Yeah. Too, so you know, it's got to happen. It's got to happen, man. So, well, we'll talk to you on Friday. Thanks for